180th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Antner. Roger, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So, Roger, as we're recording this, AT&T is in the process of recovering from a nationwide cellular outage. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Well, we don't know exactly what's going on, and uh, we're talking as it's as they're recovering it. But when you look at from the outside and what we have seen and know from similar outages that the other large MNOs have had, nobody is here innocent. And one of the things when you recognize, none of the other carriers are like throwing with stones because they all sit in glass houses. But like, oh, our network is fine. The other one, our network is fine. So AT&T's network is on the process of being fine again. You know, it started early morning, which is typically when you run software updates. The least busy time is around 4 a.m. of a network. And so that's when they run software update, maintenance, something like that. And if you ask me, this is a software update gone wild. And it cascaded through the network. And since we have ever more automated automated network, you know, when this thing goes, it goes and it doesn't stop. When you had the days where, you know, you had to update every cell site manually, when somebody screwed up, it didn't make a headline. Here, somebody made a mistake, the whole software. And, and networks are now computers and operating systems. Not even Microsoft is... It's delivering flawlessly. Well, we can say maybe maybe the joke is that they got a blue screen, right? Yeah, exactly. The phone doesn't go through. It's usually recovered in six to eight hours. That's typically what happens. A lot of people are very busy, sweating bullets. People are annoyed. You know, some people are like really annoyed. And then they forget about it. And nothing happened. Because when this happened before, we didn't have an impact on churn. We didn't see an impact on net ads. It's highly annoying, without a doubt. It makes headlines. You know, CNN was like, oh, this is solar flares. And somebody else was like, oh, Putin is attacking our networks. I don't think it's solar flares. Otherwise, a lot more things. Otherwise, not just AT&T's network would go down. You know, AT&T doesn't have a backdoor for solar vulnerabilities or something like that. And I don't think we're in that level of a cyber war at this time. Well, I mean, I think it it does underscore on some level the reliability we've come to expect. Yes, that is true. You know, I remember when I was in college every Friday night when everybody was getting ready to go out and party, I'd get a fast busy, right? Which is where you try to dial and the circuits are overloaded. That never happens anymore. Right. And it's, it's very uncommon for kind of a national outage. I remember about 20 years ago when I was working out of New York, all of the cellular networks went down at 10.07 every morning for about two minutes. You know what it was? What? Stock exchange? No. The most popular radio station in New York had a ticket giveaway and asked everybody to dial in. And that crashed the system. (laughs) Right? Never underestimate the power of free. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, typically when we see outages, you know, widespread outages, it has to do with things like 
natural disasters and there's all these fast response teams the carriers have to spin up mobile mobile site you know and now somebody had sticky fingers okay yeah too bad yeah but let's talk about something positive around uh networks yeah so dish recently hit over 200 million pops covered for voner not my favorite acronym in the world <laughs> but Voice over new radio yeah. is what Voner stands for. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Well, this is 5G voice, right? Again, we're coming back to voice, which is supposedly easy, but it's highly latency sensitive. And it's really, really difficult to run on a 5G network. Right. So give us the background here. So up until recently, non-voner connections, even if you're on a 5G phone, are, are running through the 4G core, correct? Well, it's running over either AT&T's or T-Mobile's network. So your data might come from the Dish Genesis network, their 5G standalone core, but they couldn't get the voice, the voner done because of the latency requirement. Right. But notably... Notably, the MNOs are not running a whole lot of Voner yet, right? I know T-Mobile's running some in a few markets, but yes. 200 million pops covered is a real achievement from a technological perspective, just in general. It is a real achievement. The other carriers have been a lot more careful with standalone core, and they have been a lot more careful with Voner. As you mentioned, T-Mobile has it live in a couple of markets. Dish has no other choice. They have no other... They can't drop back to Volti, which is voice over LTE, the 4G standard. You know, it's a high wire act without a net or with a net. And the net was like T-Mobile and AT&T's network. And it was paying them money for it. So by them having their Vona running on 200 million, which is, you know, roughly, what, two thirds of the country, which is, this is basically their entire network is now Vona. And that's a real achievement. Congratulations. Nobody has done this, definitely not in the U.S. And so it's really terrific. And then the question is, do people besides us and people like us who are geeking out in technology really care, right? When you tell to a normal person, like, oh, voice is now working on the 5G network. They're like, it didn't before, right? Yeah, I mean, they built the network, right? And then the question is, will people come? Yeah. The other piece to this, right, is that, as you say, or as you mentioned, the roaming agreements that Dish has with AT&T and T-Mobile, they may not need to fall back on that as much. Exactly. So this is a real deal, cloud-native, voice-capable nationwide network, which is not easy to do. And it should become a lot cheaper now for, for Dish. There are a lot of people who are saying, oh, my God, the sky is falling and, and they're in serious trouble. Yeah, within limits. But here, this is really good news on the financial side for them. On the other hand, there's also not so great news, right? Yep. They're having some personnel turnover. This has been kind of a fairly consistent drumbeat we've heard. But who's yeah. who's out now? Michael Kelly, President Retail Wireless, is leaving after just about 300 days. Not that great. Because DISH needs really strong retail and sales leadership. I think this is maybe somewhere where we, we might disagree a bit. It depends on the brand in terms of how heavily you rely on retail. 
when we've looked at this, you know, the national MO brands and to some extent some of their prepaid brands, right? So at T-Mobile, Metro, and an AT&T Cricket, all rely heavily on a broad retail network. But then there are other brands like your mints, your consumer cellulars, visible is another example, that are D2C that you know, you can go buy fill-up cards or whatever, but they don't rely on those retail. Yeah, and they all have one thing in common. They're small. So if you want to be small, absolutely have no retail. If you want to be in the double-digit millions, you need retail one way or another, right? Because if this relies on Amazon for wireless sales, they have to wait a while until we hit numbers like mattresses. And this is not a joke. Yeah, but I mean, Amazon is a good proof point, though, right? Like in my personal life, and, and, you know, I'm a millennial, full disclosure, right? Like I buy almost nothing in person, right? Why would I bother to do that, right? Sure, there, there are lots of boomers out there, right, that want to go in and, yeah. and buy in person in the store. And the store is a great channel if you need to go get something fixed or buy an accessory. But I do think, you know, we're not quite where we need to be. But over the long term, particularly as phones are more incremental kind of updates as opposed to groundbreaking new devices, I'm not sure that you need the broad retail. Well, I think, and I don't think I'm too far off, you can take everybody who signed up for a dish through Amazon and you can put them in a stadium. <laughs> We can argue how big this thing is. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. There's issues separate and apart for DISH in terms of their acquisition strategy and what they're doing and everything else, right? But my point is that there are successful brands, and they're smaller. And I disagree that a few million customers is a successful brand. Okay, well. I have higher standards. I look at the 10 million plus. That's a serious brand. The only prepaid brands that are growing in a meaningful way are direct-to-consumer. The only ones that have size? like track phone, is sold in stores. But they're bleeding. They're bleeding, right? You know this. Yeah, I know. I know. But still, I know it's ugly. I know it's not sexy. It's expensive. You have to deal with customers. Ugh, ucky in person. I know. But that's the way, way it goes. Actually, the smartest way to fix that problem is what Mobile Access done. They outsourced their retail to Walmart. Right, but think think about what Dish is doing here, right? Like they're taking and you know, remains to be seen what they do with the retail network, right? But the two biggest cost centers you have with any wireless provider are going to be operating the network, which as you say is, you know, basically converting electricity into cash, right? And they talk about cloud native being significant an order of magnitude less expensive to operate, right? So they're doing that. And then the other biggest expense you have is people. And primarily those people are retail reps in the stores, right? So if Dish really wants to try the money ball approach to this, they take out the cost for operating the network as much as they can by using new greenfield technology with cloud native, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then they see efficiencies by you know not operating a traditional retail network. Yeah. Charlie has talked about not wanting to operate a, a retail network of stores. Nobody wants to operate a retail network. Nobody. But that's still, you know, when I grew up, I didn't want to do my homework either, right? But you have to do your homework. And so it, it's a difficult necessity. Nobody has done this problem yet or solved it yet in the U.S. 
everybody talks about it. And then you're running around at 10, maybe 15% digital sales. Yeah. Even like the cable companies who have not a lot of stores, have stores because they know they need them. Their sales channel of choice is telesales. And if I would look to anybody to solve this and do it without retail, I would look at cable. Mm -hmm. Now, all the websites are pretty atrocious across the board. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm sure this won't be the last time we argue about this, right? I'm looking forward to be wrong. I agree that, you know, the retail channel is the one place you can go where you can solve almost any problem you might have with a wireless carrier, right? You can get your bill fixed. You can get your device replaced. You can buy accessories. You can change your plan. There's no other channel through which you can do any and all of those things. Yeah. But I would also submit that prepaid is a much more streamlined experience. There's less bells and whistles. You're less likely to have a fancy new device that needs to be set up. There's a lot of, I think, things that retail typically does well on the postpaid side that aren't necessary in prepaid. And this is why you have all these little bodegas selling, you know, prepaid service, because you don't necessarily need to have like a owned and operated retail footprint. Yeah. And I just want to point out two things. One, there's a lot less money in prepaid than in postpaid, and it's shrinking. Yet, ironically, people on prepaid are happier. Yeah. Which is another conversation. Yeah, because they pay less. Yeah. Right? Because they pay less, and therefore, they're willing to tolerate more more bullshit, right? Yeah. It's not like that the DTC experience is like heavenly. It's just like you pay less, you're willing to, to tolerate more crap. Well, I mean, I think if you're if you're on like a major D2C brand and you know what your data usage is going to be, you can get service for less money, right? As you say, less money translates to higher satisfaction. Yeah. But come back when they have like 60, 70, 90 million plus customers. If you're in, in limited scale, don't want to say it's subscale, if you, but if you're at limited scale, it's fine. Yeah. If you want to have tens of millions of customers, I don't think you can do it without retail anytime soon. Anyway, it's one of our evergreen topics. Yes, yes. Different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. All right. We'll talk next week. Talk to you next week.